Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heard on the Street, Street Fight's podcast where we uncover the stories behind the companies, and more importantly, the people that constitute this sector of media and advertising that we all call local. So where are they from? What makes them tick? What business and life lessons can we draw from that? So I'm Mike Boland, lead analyst at Street Fight, and our guest today is Tommy Shaw, who's director of planning and strategy for MNI Targeted Media, which is a media planning and buying agency that focuses on digital and magazines. So we talked to Tommy from our studio in San Francisco about the trends he's tracking and best practices he's exercising. So here's our discussion with Tommy. So Tommy, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the uh, conversation. Sure. And we'll have fun with it. So uh, we do have a lot to talk about, including diving deeper into some of those things I just mentioned. But first, for the sake of context, let's start with a quick intro for you and for MNI, for, for those unfamiliar. Yeah, definitely. So myself, um, I've been at MNI for eight years and kind of had a bunch of different hats here. But currently, as you said, oversee all digital strategy and, and planning. And with that, it's really all the key media buying and, and tech on the back end for MNI. Um, with that, uh, I'm looking forward to connecting and kind of walking through everything that uh, that we do today. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing we like to do on the show is like before diving into the company, the dynamics, the best practices, the cool stuff you're up to is to find out a little bit more about you. Um, so let's like start at the beginning, kind of what got you into all of this and what kind of led you, what was the path that led you to uh, to MNI and, and kind of like the, the advertising world and uh, kind of digital media in general? Yeah, definitely. It's funny. So right now, uh, M&I is actually owned by Meredith. And my first role was actually with another Meredith company in Meredith Accelerated Marketing. Huh. This has since been sold off, but now part of uh, Accenture. But uh, really, does, what does that role... ever get confusing on your like LinkedIn profile where it's like the same, you <laughs> know, does. different company, it's same name jumping around? It's kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely. So that's where I started. And a lot of the stuff I was doing there was was heavily in the social media side of things, um, specifically for auto. So at the time, I was doing a lot of stuff for the different Chrysler brands, including uh, Jeep and Dodge and Ram, uh, and handling a lot of the stuff for those accounts. Um, with that, I was doing that down in uh, Washington, D.C., and was looking to come back home, which is uh, Connecticut. So um, got a job at a publishing company up here called Taunton Press. Uh, with that, I kind of worked and oversaw the whole digital portfolio that they had for their magazines. Um, a lot of the magazines are lifestyle titles, and in the role there was doing everything from, you know, working with the sales reps to build out sponsorships, to trafficking ads, to editing the website, you name it. Um, I think honestly that experience, um, although maybe wasn't as long, it was, it was great for my overall career because I was doing so many different things that it honestly gave me some insights into a lot of the digital space. Uh, from there, I actually came over to M&I. So I've now been at M&I for eight years. Um, with that, as I said, I've had a lot of different roles um, from media planning to media director to working and overseeing all of our search and social business to now kind of being in this director of, you know, digital strategy role. Um, I've had a lot of different experiences, I would say. Uh, currently right now, I'm, I would say where I really focus on is, is with the media planning and buying teams here across all forms of digital. Um, and with that really being the main point of contact for some of our, you know, bigger clients and account executives around the country, um, working to kind of be the, the voice internally and kind of the expert in the room, um, as we're doing pitches and as we're having different client meetings. Yeah, very cool. And, and like the magazine world 
has a soft spot in my heart. I started my career at Forbes magazine. I was on the editorial side. I was a reporter, but the whole kind of end-to-end kind of production of magazines, the business model, the ad sales, um, and at that point it was it was print, and it was funny like uh, that was like mid or sorry early two thousands where um, you know online was this kind of like redheaded stepchild afterthought like neglected thing that was just like and and it's funny how digital has just become almost like kind of the the primary focus and and of course the magazine world has changed and there, there's print is still big and with with some magazines especially you know lifestyle you mentioned that that's a category lifestyle and fashion are categories that remain pretty strong in, on the print side too but um, besides kind of that just kind of um, backdrop type of stuff um, you know the, the things you were mentioning remind me of a you know a topic that often comes up on the show which is what I like to call cross training um, and when we talk to kind of like mid-career execs, there's always this like unique and interesting mix, whether that be something that was like a deliberate path or something that was just like serendipitously built up over various kind of like, you know, past work. But how would you like characterize your, you know, mix of skills, like your skill set? Um, and, and that's really a way to ask, you know, what, what, what is your advice for those who are starting their career, looking to get into similar fields? What are the things you like kind of, are, are thankful that you cultivated that you would advise you know kind of uh, more uh, novice kind of professionals getting into uh, magazines or digital advertising all of the above yeah definitely I would say one thing that has been great I would say on my end and I mentioned it previously is I've had experience now both on the publisher side from a magazine brands from social media from working at a you know a company that was really focused on just that to also now being at M&I where it, we literally do a little bit of everything. Um, but with that, I would say the heavy stuff that we do on the digital side is mostly, I would say, in the, the programmatic space and working with the different tech companies and partners mm-hmm. in the space. And we also have our own solution here. So with that, I would say being able to have all of those different experiences, I think, is is key. I think now in a role where I'm kind of working across all of these different mediums, I, I think sometimes having that experience is, is huge. I, I know there's members of my team at times who are working with a you know a magazine publisher on a digital buy and even being able to walk them through exactly what I know the the people on the other end are doing is is helpful at times to give somebody who's a little bit younger a better picture of kind of what is happening on the back end so I think having those different technical skills um, is key I think also from a managerial exp- perspective I think one thing especially kind of with my generation is a lot of us aren't always willing to to learn from others and get all of the experience we can. And I think one thing that I was lucky enough to get at the beginning of my career was even some coaching and some managerial style type of information in terms of how to, you know, work with different people. And that's one thing I would definitely recommend um, for those people trying to progress with their career. Yeah, and I think that's a career-long lesson. And I think later in, in all of our careers, we get less receptive to coaching in terms of like thinking we know it all and i think that those that are you know can be more have have a little more humility to learn and that hunger for learning and put aside any kind of pride um you know are usually the most um successful executives i mean we talk to you know ceos and others on on the show that are always espousing the notion of surround yourself with smart people um, and that's the best thing you can do and don't think you always have the answers. So I think that concept, broadly speaking, applies probably in different ways at every step of one's career. So I think that that's a good lesson. Um, so let's kind of bounce back to M&I. 
Um, and, and you you gave a, a good kind of high level uh, characterization about the company, but let's go one level deeper. Um, tell us a little bit about like the the differentiators, the company's kind of you know drivers and and philosophies and culture, and and you know any like uh, figures that you may have in terms of operational scale that you're able to kind of talk about or you're allowed to talk about. Yeah, definitely. I would say um, M&I, at least from a digital side of things, we're, we're definitely a very nimble company in the sense of we have kind of moved with the digital space um, and, and freely able to do that. I think some of that is great from an executive level. They've given us the ability to do that. And if we come to them and say, hey, we need to shift and we need to have a solution in X, Y and Z tomorrow, it's something where typically we can take the the steps that we need to build that out. So I would say that's definitely a very important thing, kind of especially in this space as as things change so quickly, uh, if you can't adjust and, you know, go with the the way that the industry is going, at times you fall behind. Um, and with that, I would say there's probably three things that we really preach to all of our clients, but also in, internally, and that's team, tech, and tools. And I would say the main reason why we, we stress each of those different things is I think at times everybody gets almost too focused on each of those individually and not looking at them as a holistic. I think at times there's even ourselves get too focused on just the tech and just the data. But at the end of the day, it is really the team on the back end that's pulling all the levers that is going to keep us competitive and keep us as, you know, a differentiator in the space. Um, I, I would say with that, it, we've definitely had, um, a successful run here. I mean, as of right now, we're probably servicing over 1200 clients on an annual basis. Um, so with that, I mean, definitely broad reaching scale across different industries. And, and with that, working with a number of different clients in different, I would say, sizes. And we, we work with a lot of national brands, we work with, you know, regional brands, as well as some local, you know, brands that maybe have some larger budgets. So um, with that, I would say, really, the ability to shift gears and have a solution for everything or try to have a solution for everything, I think has allowed us to to be successful. That's great. And, and you know, you mentioned Meredith, of course. Um, what is like the the kind of the interplay between M&I and Meredith uh, in terms of like operationally, you know, legally as entities? And, and it would seem that that's kind of a, a nice scenario because you get the resources of, you know, Meredith, which, of course, is a is a major publisher and broadcaster, but also the some of the agility that, that you just mentioned. So so what's that kind of like that that interplay? What does that look like? Yeah, I would say it's definitely great. I, I would say there's not a ton of companies of our size or, or with our skills that are owned by a big entity like that. So because of that, it's definitely helpful. Um, with that, I would say from an impact on us, I mean, their key focuses uh, across the board are definitely, you know, data growing their digital side, as well as magazines and television. Um, so with that, having all four of those, you know, key objectives and having that all the way going up the realm to Meredith has always allowed us to, you know, keep up and allows us to, you know, grow our business, et cetera, especially since they see us as, you know, a key digital component. Um, with that though, I would say on a day-to-day -day basis, we probably have a bigger integration with the Meredith, what they call a local media group, LMG. Um, a lot of that is due to the fact that uh, these are the owned and operated TV stations that they have across the country. Um, so I would say there's a ton of synergies that are growing more and more between TV and digital. Um, 
So with things like the growth of OTT and kind of, you know, CTV and all of the different things in that space, as well as we roll up our sleeves and get into a busy political year right now, um, there's obviously a lot of integrations from the digital and TV side. So I would say on a day-to-day basis, we're probably even more integrated um, with them than, you know, Meredith on a national level, but we definitely have a lot of integrations there as well with, you know, unique sets of, you know, inventory, et cetera, that we're able to tap into as well as research um, that helps set us apart. Yeah, and, and local media, of course, is core to Street Fight uh, since the beginning about you know ten years ago, and uh, you know Meredith is definitely a powerhouse there in terms of its local TV presence. And and you mentioned an election cycle. I mean, who was it? Tip O'Neill that said you know all politics is local. So really, that kind of you know both advertising messaging, news coverage across the board, absolutely. That's 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 something that happens very much on a local level. Um, So we're going to actually pause for commercial break when we come back. More from Tommy Shaw. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Bolin, lead analyst at Street Fight, and I'd like to talk to you today about Brandify, which is Street Fight's parent company. It's a local marketing company that provides a range of services for brands with brick and mortar store locations. So that's everything from retail stores to restaurants and moving companies and banks and healthcare providers and several other verticals. And Brandify manages the digital outposts where most consumers encounter these businesses today. So we're talking Google Maps and Facebook, Yelp, Apple Maps, and Bing. And the name of the game is really to create a compelling presence on these sites and apps and to engage with consumers more effectively using advanced reputation management tools. And this is all really compelled by the fact that 97% of consumers regularly search online for local businesses. So brands today can't afford to be missing from all those channels or lack multimedia content or contact information or visible responses to customer feedback. So Brandify synthesizes and optimizes all these channels through a local market platform and it's all about standing out and winning the loyalty and lifetime value of tech savvy consumers so to learn more visit brandify.com so we're back my guest is Tommy Shaw so Tommy before the break we were talking a little bit about you to open things up but then also some high-level dynamics of the company Um, the kind of interplay between your owner, Meredith. Um, So let's go one level deeper and talk a little bit about kind of the dynamics of your offering and and really just kind of the areas of specialty, specialty in terms of like channels, specialty in terms of target audiences and, and, you know, the types of advertisers you work with across the board. So I guess that's, there's a lot there. So let's kind of take that one at a time. Um, You know, you mentioned that there's there's a strong kind of footing and focus on magazines. There's also increasing a lot of digital capability. Um, so tell us a little bit more about kind of, you know, how, how that breaks down in, in terms of the channels through which you're, you know, distributing messaging and advertising. Then we'll go into some of the advertisers themselves. But first, let's talk channels. Yeah, definitely. I would say from an M&I perspective, um, our key offerings definitely span both print and digital. Um, we definitely act a little bit more siloed out from the way that I would say Meredith as a national offering goes to market in the sense of, you know, they obviously have a much stronger target of women. We obviously do as well through our offerings, but we definitely try to span that across, uh, you know, men, women, and really any audience that a client might have. Um, with that, I, I would say I'll start with the print. I, on the side of print, we actually offer two different types of solutions. Um, 
and it, it's kind of good because it aligns with your local your local feel. I would say um, the first one is we were you know 45 years ago one of the first companies to ever offer in book print that is geo targeted. Hmm. So what we do is this allows advertisers on a local or regional level to basically bundle magazines bundle national magazines, I should say, um, and reach their audiences on a geo-targeted basis. So whether it's a new product rollout of a national company or a healthcare system that might only be available in two DMAs, they're able to still get that, you know, premium distribution in a national magazine, but have their geo-targeted message. Um, so that's definitely key um, on the magazine side of things. And I would say as some of that has dipped a little bit, it's obviously still a strong suit for us because I think we allow clients and advertisers to be a little bit smarter with their money. Um, so that's definitely been a key thing uh, for m and um, The second one is uh, cover wrap. So this is kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's it's uh, wrapping an ad around a national magazine, um, kind of for like 100% share of voice on the, you know, front and inside cover and back cover as well. Um, And what this allows an advertiser to do is target an audience on a one-to-one level. Um, Even being the digital guy, this is definitely probably one of my favorite offerings that we offer because. The customer list that we send this to doesn't even need to be current subscribers. It's something where internally we actually have a, a team here who just builds out target lists and works with a bunch of different offline data sources to build out these targets. Um, or if a client comes to us and let's say they have a target list of companies or a target list of individuals, we can actually send these wrapped magazines directly to these individuals, um, which allows them to really not only get you know that one-to-one conversation but it's more than just maybe something in the mail that you're going to throw away getting an actual magazine where you're able to you know read and see everything and the branding is right in your face i think is a really cool offering yeah and and that you know level of targeting takes some of the the benefits of digital bringing it to the strengths of traditional media and it's kind of the best of both worlds so that's really interesting now let's talk about the the focus on women even though as you mentioned it goes beyond that but you do have a particular strength in media that targets women. So how does that kind of play out in terms of like, I guess it's like a chicken and egg question. I mean, it's probably a function of the types of publications that you have relationships with and through which you can distribute messaging. Um, Did that come first or is it a decision to focus women and then, you know, build a series of publisher relationships around that? Or is it kind of just goes in both directions? Yeah, it kind of goes in both directions. And what I would say is, although um, having all the Meredith integrations, what's what's cool about M&I is because we've had this longstanding relationships with a lot of different publishers and we are only are recently owned by Meredith, we actually had an integration with them, but also with a number of other publishing companies over the years. So with these different offerings, whether it be cover apps or the in-book magazines, we're not actually limited to just Meredith titles. It's something where we can actually target this to uh, you know, a number of different business titles, a few different news titles, you know, that might be more of a weekly type of uh, magazine, et cetera. So although we do, and I would say prominently have that uh, female or woman audience, we definitely have solutions in place specifically on the magazine side to also reach people um, outside of that, which gives us, you know, the ability to talk to more clients and have the ability to, again, try to have a solution for everyone. Yeah. So um, kind of uh, as a corollary to that, you know, we talked about the channels, uh, some of the audience, some of the target audiences. What about on the the buy side, the advertisers themselves? Um, you know, it would seem that those would also correlate or fall in line with with some of those focus areas in terms of you know feminine products or things that that correlate to that. 
Um, what what are that you know? What's the span of of like the specialty of focus and, and and not just what you're doing now, but I guess that's also a question about where do you believe there are areas of opportunity or where are you guys looking to expand in terms of any kind of vertical focus or or, or am I mischaracterizing that and it's more of a horizontal play? Yeah, definitely. So I would say from the vertical side of things and really looking at it from a digital perspective, kind of where I focus, I would say really those regional um, clients are kind of our our key audiences or Mm -hmm. even those clients who maybe are national but have a regional presence. So what I would say in that sense is we do a lot of stuff with the QSR and auto dealers where it might be, again, that national client, but a lot of what they do is specific messaging on a more localized level. Um, We also have a lot of solutions in place with different travel. And I would say mainly from the travel side of things, it's, you know, tourism boards and CVBs. We also do a ton in healthcare. Um, Healthcare is definitely a big avenue for us. Um, I would say in terms of growing the two things that we're really doing a big push for internally, I already mentioned the political side of things and really integrating with the Meredith local media group. But outside of that, um, we've been in the process of launching a a solution for the cannabis industry as well. Um, We might even be, we're kind of working our way there. And I would say in a couple of weeks, we'll be rolling something out as a solution to go into the space um, because we feel that that's obviously another growing, growing area. That's I think only going to take off even more. Um, So definitely trying to have, have something to bring to the space. That's a differentiator is, is a goal of ours. Yeah. It it could catch fire. Uh, Excuse the pun. Um, yep, for sure. Um, so um, that's interesting. And it sounds like there's a lot of that kind of really meaty mid-market that, that you kind of focus on that's somewhere between, um, you know, major brands and small businesses where it's kind of either regional or in some cases even, you know, the the national to local is what we like to call it or, or multi-location brands that have to advertise on a local level and with local kind of ad targeting strategies, though they are, you know, technically a larger national company that is kind of headquartered somewhere, right? Definitely. And I would say that's definitely our strong suit. I would say even in looking over, you know, the campaigns where we've had the most success over the years, it's always been a lot of those types of campaigns. I know even from the travel side, I mean, we've had a ton of success in the attraction side of things, working with different, you know, zoos and theme parks or Mm -hmm. bigger events, whether it's, you know, marathons or things of that nature, where at the end of the day, they're trying to drive membership or attendance um, and really having that regional and localized messaging um, across all of our offerings is is something that set us apart. Nice. Now, um, you mentioned some of the potential expansion, vertically speaking. Now let's talk about expansion in terms of functionality or capability. You know, this is, of course, a a quickly moving target with digital media and and some of the tactics that you mentioned earlier that you're kind of getting creative with and getting innovative when it comes to targeting, when it comes to other things like that. What are some of those kind of capabilities um, that you see as emerging or that you're interested in kind of bringing on board or that you're particularly excited about that you're able to talk about? You know, obviously you can't talk too much about the roadmap, but what are some of the things you might be working on that you're excited about kind of just bringing new capabilities into the fold? Yeah, the, the newest thing that we've brought into the fold and something that I had a big hand in, so definitely super excited about it, is we've launched a OTT dashboard that allows for full attribution. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, with OTT and kind of the CTV space, I would say the bulk of uh, 
vendors in the space can really only report back on, you know, did someone view or the impression, et cetera. Um, we've been able to build out a platform that can tie back uh, the impression to down to the individual level. So we can track things like foot traffic or site visits or online checkouts and app installs. Um, so this is something that we can take these insights and apply them to, you know, future campaigns and clients can use these for both OTT, I would say, and linear buys. Um, so that's definitely the most exciting thing that we have going on right now at M&I in terms of new to market opportunities. Now, is that done by kind of correlating an OTT stream with a particular mobile device in an anonymized way, of course, and then kind of connecting the dots in that way in terms of what the the, the post uh, engagement kind of activity ends up being on, on that particular device? Yep, correct. So a lot of it has to do with really at the end of the day, connecting your TV that's in your living room to your different devices. A lot of this is done at the IP level yep. um, from your home and, and typically done through a number of different ways with the device graph where you're able to see what devices are typically in a household and match this back. Um, so this is something that we've been working on and we have that you know correlation now where we can go out into market and, and sell this as an opportunity where clients can get a true um return on their ad spend and actually get an idea of how it's performing in the OTT space, which I don't think is something that really a lot of advertisers have been able to see. Yeah, uh, and that today. aligns with the, the ongoing theme of this discussion, which is bringing some of the trackability and targeting capabilities of digital media to you know traditional media, in this case, TV and video, um, and just bringing together the best of both worlds. Definitely. Um, so great. Well, we're going to uh, pause there for another commercial break. When we come back, more with Tommy. Hello everyone, this is Mike Boland, lead analyst at Street Fight, and I'd like to talk to you today about Brandify, which is Street Fight's parent company. It's a local marketing company that provides a range of services for brands with brick and mortar store locations. So that's everything from retail stores to restaurants and moving companies and banks and healthcare providers and several other verticals. And Brandify manages the digital outposts where most consumers encounter these businesses today. So we're talking Google Maps and Facebook, Yelp, Apple Maps, and Bing. And the name of the game is really to create a compelling presence on these sites and apps and to engage with consumers more effectively using advanced reputation management tools. And this is all really compelled by the fact that 97% of consumers regularly search online for local businesses. So brands today can't afford to be missing from all those channels or lack multimedia content or contact information or visible responses to customer feedback. So Brandify synthesizes and optimizes all these channels through a local marketing platform and it's all about standing out and winning the loyalty and lifetime value of tech savvy consumers so to learn more visit brandify.com so we're back my guest is tommy shaw so tommy before the break we were talking about the different kind of interesting things that you guys are doing particularly with respect to um, you know, some emerging technologies, digital technologies, bringing together the best of both worlds of digital trackability and targeting along with um, traditional media that has many of its own strengths. Um, so that leads to a question of, you know, M&I as a company, um, you know, how is it kind of set up in terms of the way that you work with uh, your clients? I mean, is it kind of just a, a traditional service agency model? Um, is it also some kind of, you know, software as a service or, or a product that you can empower them to kind of do some of that on their end? How does that all come together and how is it evolving? 
Yeah, definitely. I would say on our end, you know, I mentioned earlier, we always try to be nimble. I would say with that, um, we try to fit most cases that the clients are looking and where they need help. Uh, I think one thing we always try to take is an agnostic approach to a client's business and really presenting the best solutions for them. Um, so we really have two different ways, I would say, clients and agencies work with us. Um, the first one is definitely for our products. So I would say on the digital side of things, the key things that we go to market with is a programmatic solution in MNIX. Um, outside of that, we also have a full team here that handles all uh, SEM and social. Um, so with that, that's also something that we work with a ton of clients and agencies with. Uh, around the country. Um, and then the second way is kind of more of that traditional digital agency. So we do that at times kind of working both with clients directly or partnering at times with different PR shops and creative agencies where we can kind of act as a merging of forces um, to kind of extend into the digital world for some of those, but also for us to extend into PR or to extend into creative. So I would say uh, we kind of do a little bit of everything, but we fit depending on the client maybe one one time as a technology platform, but for another client, they might view us as an agency. So that's actually a great place to end it, and that's all the time we have. I want to thank you, Tommy, for spending time with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for future episodes of Heard on the Street. You can find us on streetfightmag.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Also, stay tuned for lots more writings and multimedia from Street Fight. So this has been Heard on the Street. I'm Mike Boland. Thanks for listening.